It is the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. And fired up today, man. We got one of the coolest guests ever. It was really cool when I saw the email you sent me, Kevin. It was like, yeah, special guest, pal. I was like, oh, I love this dude. I've had him on my radio show before. He's fantastic, dude. This guy is going to teach all of us something today. And, you know, if you've been in a cave, uh, maybe. But for the rest of us, he's probably been teaching us for years and decades, man. Everybody knows Kevin Tate's. No uh, this guy has been on, I don't know how many different TV series, uh, online series, uh, books, <laughs> All of them. paintucation All of them. is kind of where he's at. So, I mean, this guy is a professional painter and teacher on the subject. So, man, if you haven't learned something from him by now, man, I'm telling you, you've been under a rock. So, but if you have been under a rock today, you're going to learn some things for sure. All right, Kevin, before we dive in, man, what is your biggest paint mistake? All right. Oh boy. What was the car? What was the panel? What was your biggest paint mistake? Ooh, I got a good one, man. I got a good one. Well, you know, you know, it started for me way back in like I think I was 16, my first car. Mm-hmm. Uh stripped the whole thing down. You know, I was solo, didn't have a dad into cars or anything. So I was just solo reading books, scrounging for information, stripped the whole thing down, did all the metal work, body work, went to paint. I uh, had a girlfriend's mom's boyfriend worked at a shop to spray it, and it had fisheye everywhere. Oh. Now, it ended up not being my fault. Uh, it was uh, something in the, uh, the catalyst and something from the factory ended up getting new paint, but I think we painted the dang thing three times, and that just kind of crushed me. Like, oh, paint is so finicky. I hate it. <laughs> oh, so <laughs> fragile. People have no idea. Uh, a similar story for me, man. I got the 71 Dodge Charger. I had a really cool paint scheme on it. Nobody had ever seen it before. I had... I taped it off like it almost had a nose cone and just really cool blue and silver stripe on it. I did all the body work like you. I just spent hours upon hours just making sure the car was straight. And I was outside doing the final cleanup, you know, getting ready to push it in. My brother comes over and he armor rolls his tires just on the other side of my car. Oh, no. And so let me tell you, man. One side, oh, I lay no. down, and it's going on like butter. I'm like, I couldn't hope for anything better for my first paint job. I walk around to the other side, and it's just fish eyes looking like a pond at a, a, a cemetery, bro. I'm like, oh, my God. What happened? Same thing, man. It was like it was a nightmare in true time. Just fish eyes bugged out everywhere in the car. I'm like, oh. I know that one, man. I, I worked at a, like a Mako, you know, where they spray like 18 cars in a day for yeah, $200 yeah. or something, you know. I was just a sanding dude as a kid. And, uh, but, you know, these are cheap paints, paint jobs, and, you know, they're cheaper cars. And so a lot of these people would come in with armor all, all over. And, man, if you didn't dig deep enough, whew, painter would come out of that booth just bitching a storm, I, you know. All right. I'll talk, I'll tell you know our boy Kevin takes this when he when he comes on. Kevin, hey, come on, man, welcome to the show. We're just fired up to to have you on and learn from you, bro, and just kind of pick your mind because you're such a wealth of knowledge. Uh, it is just awesome to have you uh, come on and join us, man. So thank you for that. And dude, painting is like you heard us talking about. It's such a weird, fickle type beast, you know. Sometimes weird things, anomalies, uh, you know, uh, things that you had no idea were there come up and haunt you and bite you and terrorize your paint job. <laughs> I, 
was waiting for more stories from you guys. I love the stories. Yeah. So, Willie, the thing is, and, and Kev, I didn't know you had a background painting. Thank you guys for having me on. I want to give one of my favorite quotes. I think I actually made this one up. The difference between a painter and a paint gun owner is your ability to get yourself out of trouble. And that's what I teach through procedure with paint education. So, so yeah, man, um, we all have stories. We all have the horrible things. You know, I could... Oh, sometime over an adult beverage, we were, we're, uh, <laughs> yeah. we'll tell some stories, but I have to tell this one. Um, I have a student that went through my new paint education university course and we were going back and forth with the email. Cause I do tech support with uh, social media and email and all that kind of stuff for, for my students. And the guy, his name is Mike. I won't say his last name, but he literally tripped and fell face first into the hood of his car right after he finished the last coat of paint on the hood. So it can always be worse, man. <laughs> Some, and he, he comes back every once in a while and says, sometimes you're the bug. <laughs> oh. But you know, there's a way to recover from all of it. You can survive all of those things and it just builds character and skill. Well, you're going to teach us some of that character and skill in just a second. We've got a quick break. It's the Two Guys Garage podcast. You guys grab a pen, something to write on, computer. Use your phone for that matter. Who cares? Take some notes. Kevin Tates is on the podcast, and we'll see you on the other side of the break. It is the Two Guys Garage podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B, and we have Kevin Tates on. I'm sure by now you guys have seen this man showing thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people the how-to's the in and outs the tricks the tips the tools everything encompassed when it comes to painting he's got a great series paintication and not only that but but if you follow this guy he's been teaching this forever i started watching his videos a long time ago man and thank you for being one of the first guys to really throw that knowledge and 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 resources out there and and really how to man you've taught a lot of people how to throw down some color boss well, thanks, man. I appreciate that acknowledgement. And what got me going in this in the first place, my first instructional video I released in 1999, if you can believe that. But my wow. biggest inspiration was because nobody wanted to give me their secrets. All these old veterans in the body shops I was working at said, heck no, man, their arms are crossed. They said, you got to learn on your own just like I did. Well, screw that. I want to help people. I want to make sure that the, the knowledge and skill that I'm building, I want to be able to pass it on, you know? And, and so that was the biggest inspiration for me doing that. So, uh, and, and the doors that it has opened up for me over the years have been absolutely incredible and mind blowing. I could not have dreamt up the career that paint education has started for me from television to books and being a freelance tech writer and meeting guys like you guys and saying, Hey, you know, it's, it's neat to see you guys at SEMA. Um, it's really interesting we live in this digital world so um we get to see each other twice a year and this is one of those twice times so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah so it's it's a great thing to be and it's a humbling thing to be able to um be in the position to pass on skills and uh and techniques to people that want to get better at this trade that has been so good to me well where would you what would you recommend people start because everybody's at a different skill level right some are pro some are learning and some are just like man i'd love to paint but you know, I hear it's scary. I hear there's all kinds of pitfalls. Uh, where would you suggest people start? So as far as getting information, Kev, or what? Yeah, getting into paint, getting information, right? Tiptoeing in the process. And then obviously we can dive in deeper. 
Well, you know, obviously experience is the ultimate teacher. I highly recommend people just getting in there and doing it. However, there's a lot of protocols that have to be paid attention to. This the chemicals are kind of dangerous if you don't respect them properly. So you got to be careful and you got to be safety conscious as well. The biggest thing that I can recommend to people is literally go to social media and YouTube and start asking around. Now the socials can be a little harsh sometimes. Guys are are you know they take they take aim at newbies and you just got to toughen up and thicken your skin. <laughs> yeah. And, and be, just be aware. Thick skin, baby. Thick but you skin. know I've got a free YouTube channel. Uh, there's there's all kinds of free videos on my website. If you search for the knowledge, you're going to find it. Now I charge for my training courses, but I've got a crap ton of free stuff out there on the on the market. Um, I was a spokesperson for the Eastwood Company. Eastwood has well over a thousand videos on YouTube that will t teach you different aspects of powder coating, painting, welding, things like that. So if you want it bad enough, the information's out there. And then when you want to really grow your skill, then you take courses like Paint Education University, get certification and all that type of stuff or go into a, a local trade school um night college something like that but if you want it it's out there hey kevin i got a question for you man yeah. was it always painting cars that was the big the hook for you the, the the turn on or have you always been you know as a kid were you always painting something on on a canvas or a wall or you know anything like that has it always been the automobile that's fascinated you when it comes to throwing color at it I grew up around cars. My uncle had a salvage yard. I grew up around the smell of old cars and I love cars. Cars are, you know, field of dreams. They say there's a e baseball teams are a marker in time. Each world series, somebody has a relationship with. And um, for me, that's cars, that's old yeah. cars. So cars are my field of dreams, man. So the, the reference is way deep with me. However, I took art classes. Um, I was a musician for a while. So the artsy side of my brain is active and always has been and always will be. So the process of making something look better than it did, well, it served me very well when I was a kid. We were dirt poor growing up. We didn't have any money. If I wanted a car, I had to build one. And if I wanted it to be shiny, I had to make it shiny. So those types of things we learned from uh, just experience, just doing it wrong until you got it right one time. And then you build off of that, right? <laughs> Well, I think yeah. I think we could speak for all of us. <laughs> hey, the, the best teachers are last mistake. Yeah, we, we probably you know, all came from the same camp, right? Came from kind of nothing and uh, learned by mistakes, trial by fire. Uh, so anyone out there that's, you know, a little hesitant, hey, man, we all went through it, you know? like Absolutely. Uh, and and some, some more bumpy than others because, you know, there wasn't always these outlets and resources uh, like we have today, yeah. like Kevin just mentioned, you know? So don't feel bad about screwing things up, man. I mean... We're, we're going to do our next podcast probably on all the things that Willie and I learned from screwing up the hard way. So <laughs> paint is one of those, you know? Dude, yeah. it's the ultimate teacher, yeah. right? It's the best teacher. So, yeah, if, if I can give advice to anybody out there listening, don't be afraid to mess things up because, you know, it, it's, it's going to teach you how to recover from the next one or how to prepare for the next one. And I just did a paint job on my personal daily driver. I've got a 2000 Harley truck. I'm, if, you're, if you follow me on Facebook, you're seeing the pieces get painted individually. The hood was perfect. There was no dirt in it. I've got great equipment and I'm lucky and blessed to have a spray booth and all that type of stuff in my shop. And I, this perfect hood paint job and this big white insect fell down in the freaking hood. <laughs> so what do you do? What do you do? Well, you wait for it to dry. You dig them out. You daub some paint in. You sand it flat, buff it, polish it. Bob's your uncle. Now we're done. So everybody has mistakes. Chip Foose gets trash in his paint jobs. Guess what? It happens to everybody. So just get past that. Be unafraid and, and do some practice panels. all right so let's say yeah man practice panels where it's i was just sure. about to ask you know like once once you kind of got the 
basics of, let's say, information, some education in there. So you're ready to start, you know, laying down and practicing your skills, right? Talk about some test panels. Where do you go from? Okay, so it's all about procedure. I can have both you guys in my shop and put you through one of my in-person training classes. And in the first 20 minutes, I can teach you how to proficiently hold a spray gun and spray materials. From there, it's procedure. It's following the instructions. It's what to do first. And all of that is available with the manufacturer's instructions. It's called a TDS, technical data sheet. And if you follow your TDS, if you're a newbie, I still have them. I still put my TDS out on the workbench. So the biggest thing is understanding the chemistry. And you don't have to be a chemist to understand the chemistry. But there's a series and a process of layering that happens with paint and body work, right? you got your body fillers after your metal straight. After that, you got your high build primers. That has to be leveled out and smoothed and blocked down. After that, you got your finished primers that you sand for the paint job. And then you sand, the, you paint the car, and then you got the chance to polish and buff and surface correct. So that's the big chunks. And once you understand that order, then it's just a matter of doing it over and over again. Now, each one of those disciplines or each one of those steps is its own discipline. And we can go down the rabbit hole of each of those, if you like. But each one of those is a separate sub-industry. There's, um, there's guys like Randy Borcherding at Paint House. Who's a, he's a, a gunslinger that people hire just to paint their cars. And he won this huge award with the paint job he did at this Buick Invicta down at um, Grand National Roadster at the, uh, at, in Pomona. And, and the paint job was outstanding. And that's Randy's specialty is paint. He could do all of it. But he's Paint House. So... Um, I don't know, man. It's just such a it's, it's such a rewarding thing. Once you grok and once you once you understand that you can be super disciplined in one thing, you can build off it. Well, I tell you what, as far as painter, I don't think there's a bigger hero. You know, like you can slog on a build for months, years, right? You can block, you can sand, you can do metalwork, you can do all kinds of stuff, and you just gunslinger come in with a paint gun, you know, and a hose, yeah. and then a couple hours later you're like there it is, you yeah. know. And you know, Kev, you know what the irony of that is, is that the paint job is the least important thing in that whole process. It's the reflection of all the hard work underneath. And once you understand that, then you understand the value of bodywork and you can't make a paint job out of out of a spray gun. Right. No, the spray man. gun is it's like a reverse mirror. It's going to reflect what's underneath it. So spraying paint is not difficult. Sp Bring it over perfect body work. <laughs> hey, <laughs> I know? got a funny story, man. I, I Back when I started motocross and I needed a pickup truck, so I bought this little Chevy S10 off an electric company here in Denver, Colorado, and it was just hammered. So I did some of the body work, got it halfway straight. Now I, I just need to get color on it because it was white, just awful ugly. So I roll into a Mako or something like that, like an Earl Scheib. And man, honestly, God, I paid for the five. This was a five hundred dollar. Like this was Whoa, the deluxe. You got the upgrade. And, and look, man, I had a couple Renthal sprocket and um, you know just motocross stickers inside the bed of the truck. They painted right over top of the stickers. They never. Oh yeah. They never even removed yeah. the stickers, man. It was hysterical. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, yeah. You, yeah. You, yeah those you, those guys get a bad rap, but they're paid to do volume. <laughs> And if you understand that, if you pull all the stuff off of your car before they spray it, then, um, you know, then you can have a good result. Then you put it back on when it's in your shop, right? right? But yeah, don't expect him to pull off taillights and stuff like that. Yeah, they would pull off a sticker, let alone taillight. No way. No, sir. I was one of those guys, man. They would give us like one sheet of sandpaper. Yeah. Like for a whole half a day, you know, and you're just basically sanding cars with a 
with a paper clip. Paper. You can just pull it out of your printer, you know, with printer paper. I was more like polishing these things than sanding them. Because, wow. man, they're just yeah. cutting everything down to the bare minimum to yeah. get that, you know, $200, $500, whatever. Uh, and you have to go beg for another sheet of sandpaper, you know? Right, right. But, you know, I, I, again, another irony, the process is the same to a high-end show car as it is at the Mako place. you got to prep for materials, you got to apply the materials, and you got to refine the materials for the next layer, period. It's the same thing. So, again, it's it's... If you're thinking paint jobs and and this uh, discipline is intimidating, don't. It's very simple procedures all linked into a complex chain. And once you get each link, you're done, man. It's it. It's it's. I'm gonna say it's well, easy. Let's, let's dive into a few of those links well, when we get back because we got to take a break. But I'm I'm thinking maybe if you could educate us on say the difference in what a few pounds of air pressure does because I watched that on one of your Eastwood little educational clips. So maybe perhaps. Um, how to set up a gun or what you do in your own personal paint jobs uh, that make it outstanding. Uh, taking it from, let's say, the body work and that stuff is, is done. How do you clean the car? How do you prep the car? How do you set up your gun, um, your system? And, you know, right before you, you lay down the color, what's the last thing you do? So it'd be great if you could share a little bit of that with us. Um, let's take a quick break. It's Kevin Tates. It is my man Kevin Bird, and it is the not Kevin Willie B. Back on the Two Guys Garage podcast in just a minute. It is the Two Guys Garage podcast. He is Kevin Bird, and he is Kevin Tates. <laughs> my hey, man, hey. yeah, paint your case, you guys. It is a great resource. This man has so much educational items out there available for your consumption and it is great you can go ingest it he talks like a normal guy he'll give you tips that you all can understand and the great thing is you walk away from every video learn a little bit more so let's talk about things that you've learned so set up the car comes out of the body shop it's clean you're taking it home can you walk us through what you do on your own personal jobs that you feel like really go above and beyond or just it's it's protocol it's one two three step a b c so I'm just doing my own personal truck. It's a 2000 Harley Davidson edition F-150. It's got a lightning drivetrain in it. So it's stupid fast. It's got the big Eaton blower on it. So it's a fun truck. I've had it for many, many years since it was new almost. So it needed a paint job. The paint was dead on it. So the plumber sink always leaks. My truck looked like crap. It's time to paint it. So I, 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 it's not in me to tape up the windows and door handles and give it a splash job. I just can't do it. So <laughs> it has to come apart because honestly, people on social media will call me on it. <laughs> so, so it has to come apart. And then you go down to the rabbit hole of, of where to stop. And that's the real question. So, you know, um, we could talk about this for hours, but here's the real deal. Paint won't stick to what's not prepared. So, it's, it's not going to come around corners and get in behind the mirrors. You can't do that. And if you got a pickup truck, you can't spray in behind the cab without the bed either loose and pulled back or off of the truck completely. So, um, you know, the harder it is to prep the panel, the more important it is to prep the panel. So those types of things, those are my mantras. You know, you, you have to prep everything properly. And if it means taking the mirrors off, take the mirrors off. If it means taking the door handles off. Well, so, yeah, it's not that difficult to do. But to be, uh, to be a good painter and a good technician, you got to resign yourself to process. Just like building a motor. If you want to build an effective engine, you can't just lap one valve and put it back in the cylinder head. you got to do all 16. So that's the thing with paint and body. And, and people try and find shortcuts and turn 
turnarounds and stuff like that. And there, there are none. So once you resign to that and really just, just get into the, the process, um, you're going to have success. Now, Willie was talking about before the break is spray gun setup. This is a huge thing. So these spray guns, I use SADA spray equipment. It's, in my opinion, the world's best spray gun for a lot of different reasons. Um, SADA is not just a gun company. They're a solutions company. And, and um, I'm not even a paid spokesperson for the company, but I love their product line because they solve problems. So the paint gun doesn't paint the car. The technician does. You have to understand how to use the paint gun. So here's basic spray gun setup. You pull the trigger completely. You turn the fluid uh, nozzle in until it your your finger bumps it's wide open fluid nozzle you, nozzle you take the fan you turn it wide open and there's your gun set up <laughs> full fluid full fan your gun set up if it's set up that way every single time you don't have anything to remember and the rest of it can be handled with technique with choosing the right chemistry and and um and, and finding the right recipe of the paint that you're using so more important than gun setup, and literally that's how I spray. Period. And I, you know, I'm I'm a good technician. I've been paint, I've I've been painting for 30 years in cars, and that's that's my gun setup. So that's the biggest secret that I can pass on. The big, the other big thing is is chemistry. We can talk about that if you want. Yeah, that's a scary one. And right, but it's right. like you said, if you're following the data sheets, right, it's going to lay it out for you. But if you're not following data sheets, you can fall into a hole real fast. You can fall into a hole real fast and people don't understand reducer and temperatures. So everything has to be within 10 degrees of the actual temperature of the panel. It's way more important to have the panel that you're spraying up to the right temperature and match your chemistry to that panel than it is even the air around it. Uh, you know, so if you don't know what your temperature is on your car that you're going to paint or your project or your bike or whatever it is, you're screwed. You have to figure that out. A point and shoot thermometer is 12 bucks on Amazon. Get one. <laughs> what? So, so from there, really? So from there, that will tell you everything else you need to know. If your panel is 70 degrees, then you start with 80 degree chemistry. And, if, you know, if, if it's 90 degrees, well, if you don't have 100 degree chemistry, don't paint. Wait till the next morning. Right. When the temperature is within your control, within a 10 or 15 degree of your chemistry, it's, it's another one of the biggest mistakes people make is they try and use 75 degree chemistry in a, on a 95 degree day. And then they wonder why they're dry spray. They wonder why there's texture and orange orange peel in the paint. It's because you're not allowing the chemistry to do what it's supposed to do. Once you understand those simple things and all of that information is is buried in the TDS sheets. You know, you just have to understand that you have to use those um, those rules. Yeah, you know what? I bet that applies to pretty much anything you're going to coat, whether it's a, a rattle can out in the yard on a cold day, Absolutely. you yeah. know, whether you're refinishing wood with urethane or something like that. Like, yeah. you know, just that that temperature difference on the chemistry itself, right? Temperature is huge. Most professional car paints have a hardener in them, right? They have a catalyst. Below 60 degrees Fahrenheit, if you add that catalyst in, the catalyst times out. It will never cross-link and get hard. So if you're trying to do a paint job in a garage that's too cold and your, 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 your chemistry is 70 degrees and it's 58 degrees in your shop and on your panels, guess what? You're going to fail. So those types of things, that's what I teach you in paint education. And those types of things, once you hammer that into somebody and enough times and they realize that all of this stuff is within their control and it's really easy to control then people start to build their own confidence yeah, right yeah yeah it's like you said you know once you've once you 
practice with a gun and you've set it up and you've sprayed and you've laid down something, right? Whatever material, right? That's the, you know, basic skills. Uh, but it's these pitfalls that you have to avoid, right? Staying within certain windows and understanding the layering and the chemistry, uh, which, yeah. which again, you don't have to be a chemist. You just have to know, hey, it's too cold. Or, you know, here's my window or whatever it is. Uh, yeah. Those are the things that, you know, as a young kid, right, you, you run up against those walls and, uh, you know, it could be quite disturbing, quite, you know, unsatisfactory. <laughs> Yeah. Um, we, and you and you can't you you can't push a chain up a hill. You can't hurry up time. You can't hurt. You can't w psychically will the chemistry to do something that it's not going to do. <laughs> right. So, you know, you have to you have to follow some rules. We have to follow the rules of procedure in, and control what we can control so that we can manage what we can't control. The insect coming in, the fish eyes from the guy next door, the you know, those types of things. So we wash the car down. So the other biggest thing that's super important for people to, to realize, if they're going to start at a project, make sure it's clean. The very first standard operating procedure, or SOP as the pros call it, for any co uh, collision shop or custom shop is to wash the car. So you're making a mistake if the first thing that you do, even before tearing the door handles out, wash your stinking car. Wash it. Make sure everything's clean. Wash the floor. Wash the walls. All that type of stuff. Keep your environment clean. Think of it like a clean room in a high-performance engine building shop. You gots to have it clean. So start with something clean, and then you know all the all that stuff, the road grime and all that kind of junk. You're not having to deal with that while you're spraying your paint layers, right? Yeah, man, N nightmares too. All right, any other quick sort of things to think about that sometimes fly, you know, fly through the radar and people forget, don't do, or, you know, simply don't follow that, like that sheet you were referencing. Absolutely. So here's the, here's something. Everybody's going to have problems. Everybody's going to have something. The air hose is going to flop into the side of the car. You're going to get a bug. Maybe you got a fisheye or a solvent crater or something like that that happens. People make the mistake of trying to fix it while the paint is wet. Don't. Don't. You cannot repair wet film because it's still in flux. It's still in the process of cross-linking and drying. So resist the urge to get in there and try and dig bugs <laughs> that out. That is so hard to do. You're like, oh, I could just, oh, I could fill it. I could smooth it. You want to fix it and save it and then hammer some more paint on it and fill in that right, bug. Right, right. <laughs> Don't. Don't. Discipline yourself. You can fix it ten times easier with with dry film than you than you ever could with wet film. That's that's another big takeaway. If I can pass on any of those, that's quick a huge tips. one. Yeah, yeah. True, true. Constraint, you know, restraint on oh, yourself. So difficult. Like, just stop, stop. Put it down. Discipline is hard, man. Especially when you're when you're freaking out and pooping your pants and panicking. It's hard to be disciplined. <laughs> what, what? Give us some like you know tricks that are fairly common that you might be showing on some of your paint education videos or like you know say they they throw down their first layer of color there's a little orange peel in your opinion what's the best way to attack it before they drop in clear okay um, cool yeah so i want to talk about orange peel real quick and i want to talk about runs in the paint as well orange peel typically is is because of two reasons it's because your gun's too far away from the panel or because your chemistry is not set right so if your gun's too far away from the panel tighten up you need to be four to six inches away from the panel with a 75% overlap to spray today's paints. That's changed, man. When I first started painting, it was 12 inches off the panel and 50%. 
Not anymore, man. Yeah, I remember those mm-hmm. videos. <laughs> so, so it's changed. So you got to get in tighter. Um, I wish I, I could visual, uh, visually demonstrate this stuff, but your atomized particles are smaller, closer to the gun. And that sweet spot is four to six inches, five inches right away from the nozzle of the gun. So that's one way to fix orange peel. The other way to fix orange peel is to um, either correct your mix, mix with um, hotter temperature ratings, like if it's 85 degrees, mix with 95 or 100 degree temperatures. That way, everything's going to flow out before it skins over from the top, right? Um, and if you wait your flash times in between coats, you, you know, I always, I go way, way slow when I spray because I want it to self-level. If that means I double my flash time in between coats from 15 minutes to 25 minutes or 30 minutes, so be it. It's fine. Typically, you've got 12 hours between coats. So anyway, um, people get freaked out and they want to hurry up and get it done. So the other way to to manage uh, orange peel is any coating, any sprayable material, you can legally over or under reduce it by 10%. If it's too runny, you can you can remix under under reduce by 10%. If it's orange peely and you don't know why, you can over reduce by 10% and it's really going to help it flow out. So let's talk about paint runs. Paint runs typically happen when you're too close, you slow down, you you you, you stumble over the air hose or whatever and you get we all get runs in paint. It's from too much paint, you know, the, the perfect coat of paint is just before it runs when it's just it's flowing out of it. Right in the right? edge. So here's a yep. cool trick. I wish I could show this on video. But you take a roll of uh, a loop of masking tape. And you loop it around to where the sticky side is the loop. And then you take that in and you touch the peak of that run. That rollover part of the paint. And you can dot, dab that. And, and it smooths out the run. In the sense that it doesn't really take much of the paint away, but it distributes it and smoothens it out to where it can be manageable after it's dry or maybe for the next coat where you can, you know, but but that will instead of just letting it sit there and dry, sometimes you can get by with looping your masking tape, touching the run and smoothing it out a little bit. That's the one fix. I said you can't fix anything with with wet film. That's the one exception to that. All right. So on that one, right, how aggressive are you? So, right, you got this bulb hanging off the side. Are you just trying to touch it so that it sucks some paint off? Or are you trying to push a little bit to distribute it? Just the run, not the, not the paint around the run, just the top of the run. So try it one time. And, and guys that are listening, if you're doing a practice panel, which I highly recommend you do, paint a run into it. Slow down enough to where you can see it run and you make, make some gravity flow meters. And then practice with your masking tape. Practice that technique before you have to in the booth, right? Um, do, it, do it on your practice panels. Um, it's, it's, it's really important to be able to manage. And he says practice panels. I say friends' cars. Whichever <laughs> works easiest for you. Um, but it's a big time help. Practice panels with beer yeah, money. With, yeah, with other people's stuff or practice panels before you do your car. Just get tattoo yeah. your friend's skin first. You know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah, man. I'm yeah. your Huckleberry. <laughs> it was free, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Hey, so I do. I do want to mention. I don't want to be this like a pitch fest or anything like that. But I'm I'm so excited about a new course that I've got out. I made all the mistakes as a part time painter trying to hang my shingle, trying to make some side money. And, um, I, you know, I, I just about lost my butt in my first body shop and I've done horrible business mistakes. But over the years, I've learned how to do it better. I've gone through management training. I've got a training course now called Passion to Profit. And it's it's a it's a, a very short course. It's an hour and 10 minutes, but it 
she teaches you how to set up and manage your small automotive business. More than 50% of all businesses fail within the first five years. And it's because the protocols that I've laid out in this course are not followed. So I'm super excited about this because it's, if, and the way I, the way I, I qualify a training course is that if I had it when I first started, I would not have made many of the mistakes that I made. So I'm so proud of this one and I'm, I'm, I'm excited about it, but you can find out about it on my website. Yeah, repeat it one more time. It's called Passion to Profit. Passion Turn to your profit. side hawk right into a profitable small business. And it's it's auto body related. It's body shop centric because that's my wheelhouse. But it really applies to any automotive hobby. And the thing, you know, for people listening also that are scared, maybe they want to start a small business. Automotive repair is the number one successful small business to be started. Now, what you do with it after you start, that's one. But it's it's a really, really great ratio of successful businesses that are started from an entrepreneur's perspective. So um, don't be afraid, man, but do it properly. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm stunned a little bit as to the prices that shops get per hour nowadays. Remember the days you roll into a shop and, you know, they'd be asking $40, $50, $60, $75 dollars an hour. All of a sudden, yeah. the last two years, it's kind of like two fifty an hour, you know, oh, and, it's and, crazy, and higher. It's nuts what the explosion has caused. Well, you guys are into the custom car world as well. So, you know, these days, the high-end custom jobs, I mean, it's nothing to see a half-million-dollar car. Right. We get to go to SEMA. We're so lucky to be to see the best of the best of the best on display at SEMA. You're talking rows and rows of million-dollar cars, and it's all because of the cost of labor and cost of skilled labor on top of that. So it's it's not... It's hard to wrap your head around what it costs to to really go through all the procedures to 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 make something as perfect as possible. But truly, it comes down to time. There's two types of currency. There's money and there's time. So you know, I, I can get a, a second job and make more money. But you tell me somebody who can make more time and I want to be that. <laughs> <guy>. <laughs> I was say, that's that's kind of a motivation for a lot of people to do the paint themselves. Because they've got a little bit more time than they do have money. And as you said, you know, it just gets more and more expensive. So this is where, you know, your type of information really helps folks, you know, try to bridge that gap of, you know, turning out a cool hot rod uh, right. and being able to afford it. And before we exactly. run out of time, Kevin, run down where people can go get all this info, where you post it up, where to join, you know, all your educational videos. Hit us one more time with all those sites so everybody knows before we wrap it up. If you want to get Paint Education DVDs, you can go to several of my distributors, Summit Racing, the Eastwood Company, LMC Truck. They all sell my DVDs. I do from my website as well, but I've got streaming versions of them that are only available from my website. And um, Paint Education University, that's my new online trade school style training courses. Those are exclusively on my website, paintucation.com, and click on the tab that says University and learn more about the courses there paintucation.com you guys i'm telling you man it is an unbelievable just an absolutely fantastic resource for you uh check it out paintucation.com uh, hey uh kevin it's just been an absolute privilege it goes by really fast man so uh we definitely appreciate your time don't forget to check out our show you guys Aaron weekends on the motor trend network check your local listing it's also available on motor trend plus which is their streaming format a great resource to find us uh thanks for our guest Kevin Tate, you guys, make sure you grab those videos. He's got a lot available at all those other outlets he told you about Eastwood. Um, you can just Google him to find out all kinds of stuff. Um, Page Education is a great way to learn everything in and out of the painting world. Uh, my man Kevin Bird, our producer, Scoop, executive producer, Bob Ecker. All right, guys, don't forget to check out our website, 2guysgarage.com. Share your thoughts with us. We're on social everywhere, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, at 2guysgarage. 
Now, this Two Guys Garage podcast, it's copyrighted, 2023, Brenton Productions Incorporated, all rights reserved. Hey, Kevin, real fast, man, what do you feel about wraps? Right, I dig wraps. I like, <laughs> I did a custom truck that was half wrapped into a scary face into a custom paint job. I'm okay with it, man. Oh, wow. Let oh, your wow. Egg That's fry. embracing. It, well, yeah, I love it. Dude, you know, it's a paint job that you can change without 500 hours worth of labor. I'm okay with it. Yeah, man. Awesome. Man. Yeah, right on. Cool, man. Dude, you're the man, dude. It's awesome having you on. We definitely appreciate it. Thank yeah, you, Yeah, we got to bring it back on because, you know, my skills run out at paint. You know, I started there, but I went quickly into motors and sheet metal and fabrication, and my skills just, and so maybe a little bit will keep rubbing off on me every time we uh, Dude, I can help you, and I'll, I'll, I'll put you through Paint Education <laughs> University. There we go. I need it. Awesome. Man. Educate me, man. I'll right, we'll catch you guys on the next Two Guys Garage podcast. Y'all take care. See you guys. Two Guys Garage Podcast is a production of Britain Productions. For more episodes, visit iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.